I'm Jennifer, like Susan said. Um, I'm from Columbus. I, um, I want to thank Susan, first of all, for letting me into her home and join in in chaos. I've been in more chaotic situations, I guess. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, I'm still living with an active alcoholic. Um, I joined Alateen when I was about 12. Um, between 12 and 5, all my memories are of going fishing with my father. Um, the only time that I can remember being with him where he didn't drink. He's a kind of a strange guy. Most guys, when they say they're going fishing, they're going to drink and with a fishing pole. My dad actually goes fishing and doesn't drink at all. Um, so I have a lot of great memories of catching fish with him and that kind of thing. But I also have the memories of searching for him in the middle of the night with my mom. You know, at seven years old, you know, 10 o'clock you're supposed to be in bed. And um, I knew something wasn't right. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be in the car that late with my mom crying. Um, and I was always trying to make her happy. Anything I could do. Got good grades in school. Did all that kind of thing. Um, always did my chores after being asked a couple times, of course. Um, when I was 12, uh, my mom tried to commit suicide. And my dad came home drunk and, of course, like always, and um, ended up, it didn't happen, and the police came after I called them. Because my dad, for some reason, just thought we could leave and everything would be better. Um, I called the police, and for some strange reason, they were taking my mom away. And I couldn't get that through their head that, no, she wasn't the problem. It was him that was screwing everything up in the house. Um, and the next day, everything was fine. My mom was back. My dad was there. My sister and I were all back in our house, and nobody said anything. We didn't talk about what had happened, why it happened, what we were going to do about it. You know, I'm, My mom wants to leave me, and I don't know why or if she still does. Um, all I knew is that in the next couple of months, she started going to Al-Anon. And I could tell that there was a big change coming about. <laughs> Pretty soon, once she got it through her head that she was going there for herself and not to figure out how to get him better. Um, so it was, there was a big change coming. And I could see that, and I could tell we were going out a lot, just us girls, my mom, my sister, and I going out to dinner, going on little trips here and there. Um, she was kicking him out a lot more often for longer periods of time. <laughs> it was instead of just a couple of days where it used to be, it was, you know, we were going on two weeks without him being around at all. Um, about the same time, my dad lost his job and decided he was going to start his own business so that he could make time to drink, of course. That way he wouldn't have a boss to answer to or anything like that. Um, so that's what he did. He started a, his own business, and it worked. Kind of. <laughs> he's, still, he's still drinking and still going to work drunk. Showing he, he owns his own electrical company and is still wiring people's houses while intoxicated. <laughs> but he's a good electrician, I'll tell you that. <laughs> We haven't had any lawsuits or anything, so something must be right. Um, and my dad is, like, he's a silly guy. He doesn't drink while he fishes, and he doesn't drink on weekends at all. He drinks Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm one of those people that has to find a, a pattern in something. And uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are his days on a good week. Um, 
Tuesdays, Thursdays, and the weekends are his makeup time, I call it, um, to give us things. He's a very material person. He, um, to spend time with us, he makes us breakfast and dinner, and, you know, we're supposed to be there. And if we're not there, he gets angry on his makeup periods. We're all supposed to fit his schedule. Um, so, and like, he's a very material person. I turned 16, you know, got that car, and I thought I was good to go. And But every time he got drunk, it was, I'm taking that car back. That's not yours. It's mine. And so I would be without a car for a couple of days. Once he realized that driving me back and forth to school wasn't working, um, he would give me the car back. Or, you know, I had pagers and cell phones and all sorts of things. And he realized that when he got drunk, he broke them all. He would, you know, smash them on the cement or whatever. And he got tired of rebuying them, I guess. And I finally got it through my head that, you know what, I need to start buying my own stuff. Because that way he can't take it from me. I need my own cell phone because, you know, if he breaks that, he needs to pay me for that. Um, But I started announcing when I was 12. And my mom came to me and said, hey, Jennifer, you know, I met this guy. And he's an Alateen sponsor. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cute boys that go to this meeting. <laughs> and being twelve, it was, you know, that's the thing to do. You need to find where the cute boys are and go. So I went. And I can't decide why exactly I went, whether it was for the boys, for my mom, um, but I I've come to decide it was for my mom. Because I was I had to make her happy. Because tired of her crying all the time and she wasn't crying anymore or as often so I thought well this is a way to make her happy so I went and I walked into the meeting and all of a sudden I had all these friends and as a child growing up in an alcoholic home where who knows what could happen on any given night or who's going to come home and what time he's going to come home I didn't have very many friends because I kept them all at a distance no you can't spend the night at my house no, I don't have birthday parties. No, I don't do this. And um, so I had all these friends all of a sudden, and they all wanted to hug me and say hi to me and figure out what was going on with me and to talk to me and to see what my feelings were. And I was, you know, in my house, that was something we didn't talk about. Feelings? We didn't have any. It was all just, you know, we went through the motions of the day. And at nighttime, Mom would light her candles to get it all kind of quiet down, and we would all go off in our separate corners and wait for that truck to pull in the driveway and just kind of brace ourselves for what mood we were going to be in because that's how we determined what our feelings were. So I was, I was confused, and I sat in that allergy meeting for about a year, not talking at all, not saying a thing, just kind of listening, looking at the cute boys, um, hanging out. And uh, after that year, I wouldn't shut up. It was a constant, hey, this is what I'm feeling today, and this is why I'm feeling it, and this is what's going on. And my, my dad, is he admits he has a problem, um, but he, will, he won't go to our AA meetings at all. Um, he, went, he has many a DUI and plenty of things like that, as everyone knows. That's what they get. <laughs> and... Um, so he's gone through, a, which is our Mary Haven, which is in Columbus. Um, it's where you go when you get a DUI, I guess. And he walked in there when I was, I was about 14 when he first went to Mary Haven. And he convinced all the counselors in this place that uh, 
He was fine. And through that weekend, they signed him up to be a counselor. <laughs> and so he comes out, you know, saying all these good things about how things are going to change. And here I'm, I've been in Alateen for two years now, and I've listened for one year and talked for a year. And um, I was like, you know, that doesn't sound right. Something's not really working over there at Maryhaven because <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. Um, so eventually, you know, he goes through spells. Once he got out of Maryhaven, he stopped drinking for two weeks and then decided he was going to show up at my mom and I's Wednesday night meeting, completely trashed, and walked into the AA meeting, hands on his hips, because I think that's a balance thing. Is that what, you, <laughs> is that what it is? Kind of, um, <laughs> and announced very loudly so that I could hear him across the hall, kind of down the hall, um, who has the guts or something to be my sponsor? <laughs> and of course, all you tough guys in AA are like, well, I will, I will. So they get into this little ruckus, and I am so embarrassed. Completely embarrassed. I've only been in Alateen for two years. I believe everything that's going on. I know I got friends there. And now, as soon as I let somebody get close to me, here comes my dad, and he's busted up this thing that I got going on. And um, so I left the meeting because I, I couldn't deal with it. You know, I was like, you know, we've, this isn't what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to stay away from this place because you're not going to that AA meeting. Um, and I ran away. And I was like, you know, I can't go back there. They're all embar I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And they're going to think that I'm some horrible person. Well, by the time the next Wednesday came, I decided I had to go back because I had to apologize for the way that he had acted. And that was, that was my reason for going. I needed to apologize. And I got there, and everybody in AA and Al-Anon was like, hey, Jennifer, how was your week? Gave me a hug, and, you know, everything was normal. And I'm like, you people are crazy. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> my dad came in here, you know, being tough. And I was so blown away by all the love that I got that day. And that's when I decided, you know what? This is where I'm supposed to be. I still have my friends, you know, and it wasn't at that point. I didn't just have friends in Alateen. They were AA friends and Al-Anon friends, and everybody there knew my name and knew what I was about. And so I was like, whoa. I started going to, it's a Alateen rally in Columbus. And you walk in there, and there's 80 kids wanting to hug you. And um, in Alateen, we have these warm fuzzies. We're at a conference like this. Um, they're made of yarn. You wear them around your neck. There's just a big ball of yarn at the end. You pull one out after you give somebody a hug, and you tie it around the string around your neck so that by the end of the conference, you can tell how many people love you or how many hugs you've gotten, that kind of thing. Um, and I, this thing gets placed over my head, and by the end of the conference, I had all these things all around my neck itching me, and I'm like, you know what? I got about a 1,000 hugs today. These people don't even know me. And so then I had more friends all of a sudden. And it was like, you know what, now I can start to make other friends outside because, you know, if they're going to be embarrassed about what's going on in my house, I don't need them. Because, you know, I, I don't need people like that that's, you know, going to run away, at, you know, when my dad comes in and kind of staggering and yelling and screaming. When I turned 15, um, 
things started to change in the house. They got worse. Um, my dad had seen that my mom and I really didn't care what he was doing anymore. And he decided he was going to up the volume a little bit, see what he can shake up. Um, and he shook up a lot. This, the allergy means got a little intense there for a while. Um, he would come home on his Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and my mom would either be at a meeting or be out with um, her Al-Anon friends or just running around doing stuff with my younger sister, and I would be home when he got there. And I was always the one in the house where it was, don't pick on my mom, don't pick on my sister. I'm stronger than them, and I can take this. That was before and after Alateen. It was always, pick on me. Well, when I turned, when I was 15, he would come home and break the cell phone and break the pagers and yell at me and call me names and that kind of thing and kick me out of the house. I was 15. I didn't have a car. I didn't, I would, so he would kick me out of the house and I would wait around the corner for my mom to come home or I would walk, <clears throat> excuse me, walk to a friend's house. Rain, snow, sleep, whatever. Sound like an older person. Walk through school. <laughs> it was, no matter what. By the <laughs> by the time my mom had got home, it was, you know, I was walking down the street throwing my shoes at him, socks, you know, so I was barefoot in the rain, you know, acting like an idiot. I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. Um, so it got worse. Then he he got the car for me after wrecking two of them before. You know, I learned to drive in one car that was wrecked, ran into the back of a semi-truck or something, you know. Um, and that really tore me up. It was one of those trucks that I just adored, you know. Um, and I spent, what, three or four meetings talking about this truck. For so it was a symbolic thing. Um, so I got the car. And he's going on and on about, that's not your car. Give it back. This, that, and the other thing. So my mom comes to me one day with $600. Now, this, this car that I got was an 85 Chevy Citation. Does anybody know what that is? Okay. <laughs> so it couldn't go over 25 And uh, So $600 was a little pricey for this vehicle. And she gave it to me and goes, Jennifer, I withdrew this from your father's bank account today. Give it to him. Tell him that you're paying him for the car. He'll never know the difference. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, you know, whatever. So, you know, I walked back there, and at the time my dad was running the business um, out of the house. So not only did we have him drinking, we also had his 10, 15 employees drinking in our garage that they were supposed to be building. They didn't have a roof over their head. They didn't have nothing. But So I walked back there with this $600. I go, Dad, here, I'm paying you for the car. You can't take it away from me now. And he never knew the difference. He thought I paid for that car. Never noticed that six hundred dollars. So um, we continued. We continued the fighting. Um, and about that time, I started my rebellious stage of my life. Um, have you ever? I don't know if you guys have heard the double winner. I'm sure you have. Well, I could be like a quadruple winner after everything. Um, I decided, you know, I've been in Alateen for four years, and that's not cutting it anymore. It's still not changing. Still haven't gotten it through my head. I'm young. I'm asking why, 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 and not really getting it. Um, so I decided, you know what? I'll start smoking. 
I'm going to start smoking his cigarettes. I'm going to steal his cigarettes. Because I knew, I knew in the Alice TV and they told me, don't, don't pour the alcohol out because I'll just go get more kind of thing. I was like, well, cigarettes are different. So <laughs> I started stealing his cigarettes, and it progressed. I started hanging out with some kids who were into drugs and things like that. So then I started going to the drug thing. Well, it's an addiction. I was like, I'll learn something out of it. I went in, I went in with a clear head. <laughs> with a mission. I was going to figure something out through this. And then I didn't really, the, the drugs to me weren't, they were like, you know, it was just like cigarettes to me. It was, you know, something I could, it wasn't a big thing. Well, then somebody brought me over, I believe it was some kind of drink. You know, you're sitting parked on a curb somewhere in the dark, sneaking, just like Larry said. Of course, I'm 16. I was really trying to hide it. Um, drinking it right out of the bottle. And um, that was some powerful stuff. And I realized it. And I was like, you know, I'm not drinking what my dad drinks. He drinks beer. I'm drinking actual liquor and mixed drinks and all that kind of fancy stuff. Right out of the bottle, of course. And uh, <laughs> I'm not drinking bush light. I, so this is different. And that's how I justified it, was this is different. And even through all the drug and alcohol thing, I still made it to my Wednesday night meeting. And I still acted like everything was fine. And I was, I was totally fine. I was figuring stuff out. I had a whole side project I was working on, trying to get some more information for my Allotin group, I guess. And um, the one, and I was, during the whole, I was pulling away from my family. You know, I would come home totally messed up, hoping somebody would realize it. And nobody noticed because my dad was passed out on the couch and my mom was, you know, lighting her candles and running around, calling friends and stuff. Nobody noticed what I was doing. And I would, you know, of course, you're 16 drinking. Who knows what? You're going to throw it up in the bathroom. And, you know, I had food poisoning for most of my life, I guess. <laughs> and... um so finally, I came home one night, and uh, I'd been seeing the psychiatrist at school because one of my teachers had said something to me, and she asked me to start seeing the psychiatrist. Well, I was, and the psychiatrist had put it in my head that I had to tell my mom or she was going to tell. And by this time, I knew how to play my mom so that I could make it sound better than this stranger could. And... Um, so I come home one night, and I'm like, Mom, can I talk to you? And she's like, yeah, sure. So we go up in my room. I close my door. And we sit. She's standing. I'm like, well, you better sit down because you're not really going to like this. And I tell her, I'm like, Mom, I've been using. She was using what? And she, and I was like, well, I've been, you know, cigarettes, you name it, kind of drug, any kind of drink. And she was like, oh, okay. Well, you're 17 now. I was like, well, yeah, but... I've decided I'm not going to do it anymore, and so it's all better. And my mom, for some reason, you know, being in Al-Anon for seven years, decided that that was the truth. And so I started going to my AA and NA meetings and still going to my Alateen meeting, trying to, you know, and keeping it a secret from them the whole time. I didn't tell them. And it was... It was a lot. It was real tough. You know, I had that floating day, you know, and I was still trying to figure out why he was doing what he was doing because it was tearing our family up. 
Um, so I finally decided it was for real. I wasn't going to do it anymore. Nothing. At 17, of course. Um, my dad finally kicked me out of the house again. And I moved in with my grandmother. And for my whole senior year in high school, I was living with my grandmother. My mom kept telling my dad, go get her. Bring her back. My mom and I are very close. And being the strong one, she didn't know what to do. And, of course, he would try to come get me totally trashed, walk into my grandmother's house with the, I don't, I'm still going to figure out the arms on your hips thing. But he would do that all the time. You have to come back. And I would tell him, no, I can't do that. And it's very difficult to say no to a, a parent, um, even though they're not really all that much of a parent. So um, I told him I would move back in. Well, then my mom came to me. She said, I kicked your dad out of the house. He's gone. Come back. I was like, okay, fine. I came back, and, of course, it all started over again. Um, so now I'm just never home. <laughs> I, I don't – I either come home before – he gets there so I'm asleep before he comes home, or I come home after it so I know that he's passed out somewhere in, in our house. could be the bathroom on the toilet. He can't get in there. He's snoring. Um, or anywhere. He could be anywhere in the house. Um, during the, the time, I went to a Alateen conference. Um, it's called Comiac. It's Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Alateen conference. Um, where all the Alateens and all those states get together for a weekend in the summer um, at a campus, college campus. And if anybody is worried about their school systems or the children that attend their children's schools, I would highly suggest even walking into an Alateen room. You go to this conference and it's there's no violence, none at all. There's That's not even conceivable. It's all hugs, loving um, we do a thing called unconditional love, um, where you, one, there's a group of people that stand with their arms to their sides. The other group gives them a hug without hugging them back. Um, and that is a very powerful thing for kids who have never been hugged um, by an alcoholic. Um, you can just imagine, you know, your father or mother or anyone hugging you. Um, but it's a very it's a very powerful thing. The Alateen program is you need well first you need very patient Al-Anon members to run an Alateen program because um, we do ask why a lot. We don't understand that it is a disease. You can't control it. Um, and not only are we dealing with the alcoholic side of it, we're dealing with um, the sober parent as well, whether they're in Al-Anon or they're not in any kind of recovery at all. Um, so you got the two different sides there where one parent saying this, one parent saying that, and you're caught in the middle. Um, it's a very, and you have to be very patient to, <laughs> to run things like that. Um, but the, the conferences that the and it's all run by Alateens. They have sponsors that kind of push them in the right direction about getting campuses and things, but it's a completely Alateen-oriented conference. Um, and I came to Dayton yesterday, and I realized that you guys are nothing like Columbus. Everywhere that there's an AA or an Alani meeting, there's usually an Alateen meeting, and not so much here. And for some reason, I was just 
thinking like everywhere was like that because it's such a wonderful thing that I thought a lot of people had caught on to it by now and it just hasn't caught on everywhere. Um, but I would highly suggest if anybody knows of any kind of Alateen um, group around here to get involved with that. It is, you learn a lot. Even as Alanons, you learn, especially if you have children, um, you learn kind of what they're dealing with as well. Um, a lot of, I know I stayed very quiet as a child. I was, didn't want to hurt step on anybody's toes, didn't want to do anything like that. Um, so I was very quiet. And in those meetings, we talk about how our day at school was. Parents don't hear very often. It's fine. I was fine. Um, we talk about everything. And I would highly suggest getting involved in that um, as much as possible. Even going, um, we have rallies all the time. Well, not all the time. We have two a year. Um, <laughs> we need them all the time. Um, we have one in the spring and one in the fall. And it's just a place where you go where you see all these kids that are happy and it's a surprise. Um, I'm sure a lot of people grew up in an alcoholic home, and it's a huge difference to see these kids actually um, jumping around and laughing and having a good old time, and there's, they're on a natural high, I guess. And it's completely overwhelming to see all these kids doing that, um, giving their leads in front of people and things like that. Um, so I would highly suggest it. And I just want to say thank you to everybody. I've been, felt like the most wanted person here. <laughs> People find out on the Alateen speaker, they're like, oh, yay. <laughs> we want you. I've, um, and that's another thing is that um, in Alateen, it's, it's not just Alateen oriented. You also get to meet the Al-Anon and the AA members and hear what, how the whole family deals with things, and everybody deals with it differently in each program, um, but that's, I just want to say thank you, and I've had a really nice time, and that's it.